either way. Uh, how are you, anyway? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. A little warm. Yes, it's been. Yeah, a little warmer than I want it to be, but uh, otherwise, not too bad. I was just getting distracted by the news before I was... No, not, not at the moment. That was the thing with the topics and stuff. I'm sort of thinking most topical things at the moment in the news are um, not the topics you really want to be talking about for an hour. No, no. it's all a bit a bit depressing in, in in one way or another, but, you know. pre-warn you uh, the kids are going to bed but um they are at times noisy buggers so they might shout but uh but missus in control of that and i do have a pug who uh, also may decide to make an appearance at some point <laughs> again not the first time that would have happened on this show um we, we've had dogs jump in cats jump in actually no kids might be the first time kid kid interruption but yeah <laughs> Again, I don't edit, so we, we go as we go as we get. We get what we get with this. There you go. Quite add to it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we All right. Well, in that case, well, we've already started a little bit. We'll get, we'll get started properly. Welcome to the podcast, James. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us on. You're very welcome. Thank you for kind of jumping in last minute to uh, to you know get in recorded with me. <laughs> yeah, no worries. And thanks to Barb for uh, sort of putting my name forward as well. Yes, yes, but she was she was lined up to come, but we have we've shifted her to next year in placement of yourself, so you can. There you go. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, as, we, as we go, I, I don't introduce guests; I let guests introduce themselves. So, if you would, who are you, and what do you do? I'm James Jenkins. Um, I'm probably well preferred to be known more as uh, an author. Uh, released my first book at the beginning of this year, and done multiple short stories as well, and. Um, apart from that, I'm a day job and plumber, which isn't too interesting. But um, yeah, as I said to you earlier, you know, it can be a source of inspiration for some very um, interesting characters at times. I mean, I, I, th- I think a lot of people relate to that, holding on the, the two job front. You know? yeah. I certainly do. I have a separate job, which I never talk about. <laughs> I said, we don't, we don't do it. <laughs> no, you, you, you put your best foot forward with great stuff. You know, you, you say, this is what I do. I'm an author. I write. Absolutely. It's the only way you can kind of approach things like this, I guess. You know, so some people think they're they're hiding or they you know, like I think, you know, that level of imposter syndrome and you start yeah. thinking about things and you're like, Oh, well no, but my, my actual job is I'm a banker or something. And you're like, Well no. You're what you want to be. You just everything else is just paying the bills. Yeah, definitely. I, I um I was sort of a bit of a victim of that with um, the local newspaper I sent in um, about the book when it came out. Mm. And uh, I got like contact detail from another friend who'd sort of been doing a local business. They ask you a load of questions, and you're quite innocent, and you sort of give them what they need, and they're sort of asking about your sort of about your family life, and what you do for a job, and how many times you submitted before you got an acceptance. And then the headline comes out, and it was like a I picked my noir picture, <laughs> it looked like a mugshot anyway, and then the headline was Ipswich Plumber published after 20 times of failing or something I was like thanks for that that's defined me then (laughs) and I imagine that's the first thing which comes up if someone searches you because they'll they'll have done like their SEO magic and absolutely slapped on every tag in the world (laughs) that's it yeah 
hey, it's what I am so and it pays the bills. I mean, yeah, I, I think yeah, that's a that's a fair question. I mean, not to steal a steal a headline. I mean, is your experience of of kind of submitting just like submitting to places and never get getting a reply, or you've been rejected twenty times? Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of the time it was the generic replies. Um, I was sort of going for uh, trying to find big. Well, at the time, I knew nothing. I wasn't even on Twitter or anything like that. So. Yeah. I was just compiling lists of um, publishers that would accept non-solicited manuscripts. So I think I was sort of like knocking on the wrong doors a lot of the time. And um, yeah, a lot of the time you're just getting emails back with a generic sort of like, this isn't for us. <laughs> and then, uh, and that you were quite happy with them because people were at least responding. You felt like you were in contact somewhere. But uh, yeah, other things happened and then found Twitter and the right community there. So I opened up something else for us really yeah definitely i think it, it's very much a um situation especially with the writer's world of just not knowing where to look that information's not readily available of where to start with things i think i know i looked when i kind of self-published a graphic novel and most of the advice was oh you need to find an agent yes that's right like, who does that you know who, whose first step is find an agent i know i know yeah and where are they? Where, yeah. where are they? How much do they cost? How much is too much? And none of that information is is just out there. And then you find out that when you do get an agent, that most of the time they aren't supportive to people, that they just take a cut and then you end up arranging everything anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, so it's a figures game for them. The more people they've got in that pot, the more chance they've got someone doing well. Yeah. And that's, of course, that's where their focus goes, so... But no, I can't. Not that I can comment or like fault agents. I haven't got one. So, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll trash agents. I don't care. I'm, I don't. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm ever going to get one. So. The only problem is what I found is, uh, like you say, before you sort of, yeah, you, there is nothing out there really that tells you. There's a few things like um, I think it was like Writers Workshop and yeah. um, Authors Publish, like monthly, and they'll compile lists, which is really great, and they are fantastic. Is where I found the first sort of publishers, but the problem is with there's a list of like 20 and there's a list of 20 agents, and everybody who's looking to get published at the time is bombarding the same people with the same submissions and queries. So, yeah, chances are very slim. Yeah, and it's like you say, with this kind of like um, places accepting unsolicited manuscripts, it seems that often seems to get rarer and rarer. Yeah. of places who will submit i know especially talking to people who produce comics and you think oh well you know back in the day i might have been able to get something to one of the bigger companies like marvel or dc and now there's just no way no way through God, i can imagine I can imagine of that it's a strange old world is the writing world <laughs> it certainly is but yeah long live the indie indie writing community really hey exactly uh speaking of you you you've actually published a book you mentioned earlier this year yes i did parochial pigs um yeah it came out with uh, published by alien buddha press and they accepted it shortly or well, just at the end of last year mm-hmm. uh, so red was very quick getting it turned around i think it was literally about a month from signing the contract to him getting it so yeah it's a majorly new experience to me i mean it was literally to the year pretty much the day when it came out when I first started submitting it mm-hmm. and yeah I, you just kind of thought it'd just be nice to have a few people read it really 
it would see the light of day. It'd be nice to have a have it as one package rather than just me printing it off on the computer and forcing it on my mates to read, which is uh, costly and disappointing to say the least. <laughs> Yeah. How have you how have you found it found that then like having it in the hands of other people and not you know you know letting go of it I guess is the way that I'd put it. Um, how, how do you mean sort of like as in like now it being available for people to buy and or... yeah I mean it's from from the sense of you know you you've had it in your hands you've worked on it you've proofread it and then you know now you've pushed it out it's public consumption anyone can get hold of it. Well, weirdly enough, and going back to that, um, the local paper thing, mm-hmm. I put that out for like two nights. I just had, I was just sleepless nights, just worrying about it. I mean, books very gritty and like um, sort of content isn't for everyone, but there was just points where I was sort of like, I mean, I was like worrying, thinking, God, what my bosses read it. You know, what if uh, what people think is me in that book? And mm. it's ridiculous worry, but actually as it come out it's been overwhelming the sort of support i've had from it and you know it's um yeah i'd like to think it's been more successful than i imagined it being anyway so you can always be more successful can't you but <laughs> enough is never enough it's interesting that you mentioned that the idea of um people maybe thinking like characters are based on you or something like that and that that's something i've 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 had of writing things and people asking me well this is about you right like this is this is something relating i'm sorry no this is just imagination i <laughs> <laughs> uh, say so, oh God, i get it a lot down there at the yards where we work and there uh, people sort of saying oh you know yes yeah, so that's a uh, sort of autobiography is it and stuff like that right in front of a manager or someone that i suppose to be honest i'm probably getting ahead of myself because it'd be nice if the manager actually bought and read the book but <laughs> There's just a, a want to not be misinterpreted, I guess, <laughs> from anyone who creates. I mean, it's there is always that risk. I think uh, I don't know if you find it as well. Of obviously, we do lend from real life when when you make someone or when you make a character. Like you said, kind of early on, is is the amount of people you meet do end up just you know vaguely behind a character name or something like that. If, if, do you find you, yourself looking at characters and thinking, "Oh, is that too close?" they're gonna know <laughs> yes definitely definitely was, um i started another novel once um and the main character was based on someone i used to work with mm-hmm. um and at the, in the end it just for other reasons it got a little bit too close so it made me feel a bit uncomfortable um and i couldn't really get over a hump in it in the end i used a section of it for a short story and it's um yeah it's pretty close to the bone like um yeah. Yeah, you know, I kind of want to talk about it now, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> Key things in that, I think you'll notice him. I like it. Uh, there's a thing I find quite fun to do is is if you take someone's personality and you put them in a completely different body type. So you know, you're just like, oh, you know, I've met this six foot tall guy, and you know, he was really angry and all these things, and you're just like, oh, all right, well, what if I just put him in a very petite woman and but no one will clock on. <laughs> we'll just, I, know, I, <laughs> just, I get I get all the character development I want, but I can just I can represent it however I want. I think that might be happening in the next book. Actually, do well. <laughs> so you do. Um, so you mentioned you 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 works kind of. Uh, you, I guess the way to describe it is gritty. Yes, yeah, definitely. So I mean, um, I like to don't get me wrong. I read massive broad range of stuff I've read. I like. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, it's more. It's more like I suppose. Really, I write books how I like to watch film. 
Okay. And it's being described in that sort of way, like quite cinematic, the way it's set out. So to me, I'm a massive Guy Ritchie, Tarantino, Shane Meadows fan. And I just love that sort of dark, gritty, but yeah, there's a, there's a line of humour in it. And I, I mean, pe- people like my mum who might sort of watch films like that, who bless her, like she'll say, she, she'll look at the humour is it's not okay. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, a lot of this stuff happens. Like people are people are horrible people. You know, men in particular can make some pretty terrible characters. But I just feel like it should be free reign, and you can still identify those shortcomings, and you can make a joke of it. I think you should be able to make a joke of it. Right? It makes it lighter, but it doesn't hide doesn't hide the darkness underneath it. Sometimes I think you need that as well. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. It's, it's interesting, actually. I interviewed someone else the other day who um, I, I wouldn't describe their work as gritty, but they, they were very film noir. They were very deeply involved in that idea. And they mentioned that the reason they kind of gravitated towards it was the character aspect of these worlds and 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 how much you can kind of dive into like numerous backstories and all those kinds of things. I think that's like you, where you mentioned kind of like Guy Ritchie's work. I always think there's, there's so many levels to those characters who just yes. get dropped into situations to see how they would react. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, you know, you don't encounter that on your day to day. No, that's, <laughs> or maybe you do. In the well, you'd be surprised. But, um, <laughs> um, I sort of like, oh, there's you know, massive gangster part of the book and like, yeah, obviously mm-hmm. working as a plumber for a, like authority, you don't. As far as I know, I don't really come across any gangsters, mind you. I think the world of gangsters has changed now. It's not the sort of romanticized craze and things like that, and the respect anymore. It's normally nowadays kids and stuff like that. So actually, hindsight, I probably do actually work around quite a lot of their houses. I just don't get involved in that world. But there is sometimes it is colleagues, it's people I've worked with, and. Yeah, it is um, the dark truths of people, um, things they'll get up to and like to talk about and sort of brag about. There's bits in the book. There's a bit about women's underwear, and um, that was that's very much borrowed from real life story from somebody. Uh, it was quite repulsing, but at the same time, it made um, yeah, it made made a good sort of joke in a way of it. So, but yeah, some of the uh, people we do work for are um, yeah. Very interesting characters. I suppose I have to be quite careful what I say because of um, it's the nature of our job of um, sort oh, yeah. of yeah, keeping things quiet and stuff like that that you see. But yeah, you see some things you really do. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I remember. With, I mean, you mentioned Tarantino. Um, I kind of watched an interview with him, and there was it was him and some censor within the US who was asking about the you know the violence in his films and. You know, why do you have to put so much violent content into your films? And I think his his one reply to it was because it's funny. It's you know, it's fun, it's it's colourful, there's so much going on to it. And I thought that's it's it's quite kind of a strange thing of just being human, of how we have this fascination with all these violent people. Like we know we shouldn't be. Like we should we know we shouldn't be interested in that. <laughs> yeah, we love watching it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's compelling, isn't it? Because it is. Because um, it isn't what you do. You you see or live, or hopefully you don't see and live day to day. But uh, it's also, I mean, people like Tarantino. It's the artistic way it's done. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean that man's brain is just another level. But it's um, one of it's uh, Gangs of London. I don't know if you see the series. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the, um, the director that did all the sort of uh, choreography. But there's a particular fight in that where he's fighting um, a guy in a flat bog. He, I think he's a he's a traveller and he's got a machete and he's fighting the main character. And it's one of the most amazing scenes I've ever seen. It's just, I mean, he's basically, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's dancing. It's performance arts, the way it's just choreographed, the way it works so freely. Like, it must be, and, and it's disgusting. It's a horrible, gritty, violent scene, but something beautiful about it. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's the thing. It, there's beauty in anything, isn't there, really? So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you just remind me of um, the scene from Old Boy. I don't know if you see the the original Old Boy, where he like fights his way down a corridor and just hammer with, scene. With yeah, a hammer. And you know, like, yeah, I shouldn't be enjoying this, and yet I am. I'm, you know, satisfied yeah. <laughs> watching this film. Do you know what that? Funny that one. I think what's happened is Gangs of London has suddenly replaced that scene. That used to be my go-to scene for trying to justify violent scenes. Is that? <laughs> well, maybe it was like the uh, the remake. Maybe try and sort of push old boy out of the way a bit. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, Josh Brolin's but he's great, but you shouldn't have remade old but old boy. <laughs> There's a lot of things they shouldn't have remade. To be honest, I like the idea that you you you're fully aware that you're making something which you're going to have to justify at some point. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Usually, family. <laughs> I, I was um, I was once told um, because some of the illustrations I do, they were just like Graham. You should just if they ever go to court, just you're going to struggle to justify <laughs> your actions because you have this back catalogue of like dismembered hands and faces, and it's like yeah, but it's in- it doesn't mean I'm going to do it. It's just like yeah, but if they ever arrest you. Yeah. Well, yeah, this, this is the thing. I think if you're going to go down that road, you've got to make sure you're um, squeaky clean in real life. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I guess that's. Or I mean, hide that's, it really well. Yeah. I mean, I, I I just tend to look a bit homeless anyway. So, that, you know, my, my back catalogue doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that brings up a kind of a fair question of thing of just like, obviously, you, you're writing quite gritty stuff you're enjoying quite, quite great stuff. Presumably you're writing specifically for adults. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But uh, at the same time, I mean, as a hazarding a guest, you, like myself, probably got involved with stuff like this when we were teenagers. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, do, you ever, do you ever worry or concern about that? Like people getting hold of it, misinterpreting? Um, do you know what? I sort of... Oof. <laughs> Sarah will decide to be glad that they bought it. No, <laughs> um, no honestly, like I haven't, I've been, I haven't thought about it. That's a hell of a good question. But yeah, of course I would be. I think it's anyone's sort of fear that your your work could be misinterpreted to be used for for violence or hate. Mm-hmm. Actually, I say I haven't thought about it. There is, I suppose, I thought about it in the sense of at first another thing with that with that um, paper thing that went out. Mm. when I was worrying I was thinking like what if people feel that this is you know what's wrong with me what's wrong with my mind for coming up with this you know will they get it there was a lot of points in it where I was started thinking god what people think that I think this is okay and I think that's the comedy has to come in you have to try and make out that you've got to cover yourself you've got to cover your bases 
because it is, you know, obviously it is the darker side of life. I wrote it. People have only got me to hold as a reference to it. Um, And that was a massive, massive worry that people wouldn't get it the same way. Fortunately, from what I've heard, they did get it. And that was really, really reassuring, especially after the first couple of weeks when it came out and people are sort of saying, like, you know, this, this character's awful, he's disgusting. Or there, there's a particular one in there who's equally as bad, but people saying, oh, I really like him, he makes me laugh. And it's like, and these are good people, by the way. They're not, I haven't been selling this to, like, prisons and stuff. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, there might be a market for it. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah, but no, hopefully nobody will. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. I feel like it's one of those fine lines we do we do tread. I mean, um, kind of just harking back to when I was talking to Noir before. I remember in the seventies there was like censorship reels of what you couldn't couldn't show, and in the forties there was censorship like lists of what you couldn't couldn't show in films. But in the forties lists, um, you couldn't show revenge hmm. in any way, shape, or form. And I found it interesting that, that that kind of disappeared because obviously as you got into the seventies, you got so many revenge flicks and things started to get much more violent. And whereas in modern day, revenge makes up the majority of cinema. Like it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things of you you you're always kind of walking that fine line of am I, you know, not exploiting the subject or creating idols or there's, you know, that risk of like, I think um, I was watching Breaking Bad and there's a lot of bad characters in it. Yeah. People love them, like really idolize them. And you're like, yeah, but the things they do. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite right. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're talking Breaking Bad and um, Better Call Saul. Mm. That's one of my favourite shows I've ever been. Um, I love Breaking Bad, but it's just put itself on a different level. But yeah, absolutely, I mean, who doesn't love Soul? And um, you know, really pick the bones of it. <laughs> Soul's not a good guy, not a good guy at all. Like. But uh, yeah, you're championing, yeah, you know. I feel with with Soul, though, I, I almost feel like Better Call Soul was their attempt to just like humanise him in some way. <laughs> like they wrote such an awful character, They're like. I kind of need to explain myself, like how he got to this point, how he ended up in this situation, so I don't feel so bad about it. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I think they've um, maybe lost themselves and then just mm. basically reaffirmed that he is. But um, yeah, yeah, there's many opportunities they had to take him in a different direction, wasn't there? But keeps doing it. Definitely. So, I mean, in terms of kind of this kind of work and this kind of content, is it something you've always been interested in, like ever since you were? like a kid or who you um, grow well, into it? I mean, also, I, I grew up wanting to be a rock and roll star. That was my main thing. And, um, yeah, that, yeah, that was a failed dream. I, I did have a little go at it, but, um, yeah, that's uh, alongside it, it was just sort of a need to write to be creative, I think. And uh, when I was a lot earlier, sort of maybe sort of for high school sort of age, I used to read a lot. Mm-hmm. Went to high school and I think you just sort of, I don't know, unfortunately it seems to become uncalled or whatever that you're doing. But you get lost up in other things and stuff in life. But I always loved when we had English lessons and the teacher was, I can see it now, the teacher was blatantly had something going on or they were lazy and they used to go, right, you can go to the library, get yourself a book. And those times, some of the books I read, like just random, random books, 
Gregory's Girl, I mean, something like that. Some mm. very strange books, but I was always searching for something, something that was pushing it as much as you can in a school library, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, but then, unfortunately, I had a bit of a bad experience with the English teacher during GCSEs, and it kind of put me off taking it to university. So then, as well as the case, became a plumber. Still loved re- that. That was then when I became sort of reading avidly all the time in between jobs. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just that that want, that need to, wouldn't it be great if I could write a book? And then um, it was a really strange way of getting into it, but a friend of my band made a indie film with us all in it. And that was a gangster film called Zebras. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, he said, have you got any ideas? So I went away, started writing the ideas. And I've always loved, I just, I mean, I'm a nightmare at work with you have to write notes after each job and mm-hmm. run out of letters, you know, so I trying to give them every detail, <laughs> like putting it all in. So I went away with this idea and then I think I spent about, I don't know, I spent about three days at it. I ended up having about 14,000 words and realised that we can't make a 15 minute film out of it. Mm-hmm. And that, that blossomed, grew into that. And ever since then, that was about five years ago, I haven't stopped so. It's um, it wasn't always there. Well, I wouldn't say I always want you know set my mind to do it, but I think it's one of them things. It was sort of there, and then I've just kind of re reaffirmed it to myself. Really, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, so what what kind of stopped you going more into maybe like script writing or something comparatively, and got you more into writing fiction, like straight fiction? Um, I suppose it's, if I wrote a script, then I've got a script, and then. Again, the same as it is with trying to get a book published, you know, I've got to try and find someone that's going to pick that up and mm. make a film out of it. But write a book, then even if it doesn't get published, I've still got a book people can read. You know, it's it, like I say, I mean, I used to sit on the printer, cost me a fortune to print it out, fold over the paper, <laughs> get a screwdriver and making a hole in the holes to put the elastic band through it, so I'd give it to a friend. And they'd read it. And that was, you know, that's amazing. To me, it was like the first time I did that. It was just like, oh, like, wow, you know, you can print up a little front cover to it and everything else. And, you know, it's incredible. I think I wouldn't ever rule out the script idea, but I feel it was like the book's published. Mm-hmm. There's always a chance that could be turned into a film. And I would love to do it if I could. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd love to do it. But I just feel at the moment I've now found my found my sort of groove doing this a bit yeah that's that's, that's interesting because i was i was having a conversation uh fairly recently which was along the lines of um people who worry about using an idea too soon you know like they they worry just they kind of grasp hold of an idea and like okay got this idea for a story don't know what format to put it in you know i don't know whether to make it a book a film a song i just so I'm going to hold on to the idea and never do anything with it. Yes, yeah. I, I, yeah, I worry about creators falling into that trap because like you say, you know, you could easily just write a book which could then later become something. There's nothing wrong with reusing a story down the line. No, no absolutely. And then you're right, I know so many people like that, even musical, um, yeah, music, uh, books, ideas. And... And I do, yeah, you do worry about them. You think like, well, you've got they've got a great idea that I'm particular mate of mine, that the idea he's got for this short film or short story he doesn't quite know. And it's brilliant. And the amount of times I've sat there with a little dry spell and gone, 
知らない人がいる。Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. But I know what will happen. He'll never use it. He will never do anything with it. And that will be, that's the end of it. As another mate, same with music. Fortunately, he is beginning to start creating a band again.、Mm-hmm. But 10 years ago and before that, he was hands down the best singer, guitarist, and he was in the best band around locally. They could have gone anywhere. And he's had that big break 10 years and keeps wanting to get back into it again. And it's just like, because he's got an idea how he wants it to be, but it's not. And then, but fortunately, I'm hoping that he's broken the curse on that because、um, we're all missing out without him. Yeah. I, th- I think there's a, there's a value in, I, I always say it's like you need to get your 1%. If, if you think of kind of a creative idea as like a loading bar, you need to at least take a crack at something. Even if it's not perfectly like formed in your head, you've no idea what you want to do with it or where it w a n t to go. Like write your first draft of your book, you know, draw, do a sketch. Even if you hate it, you've got something to build upon. Yeah, that's right. Let's just get the bare bones of it because it starts taking life, doesn't it? You know, if anything creative, you start getting a little bit of it down. you... You're never going to get it all done in one go. So, if you get a bit down, go away, you're at work, you're doing whatever. Or, or what I used to find is I'd go to bed at night and I'd be sitting there or laying there and it'd just be whirring around in your head.、Mm-hmm. And it starts taking shape. And then, then I'd find I'd forget it by the morning. I try so hard to remember it. There'd be tiny little bits and you put it back together again, but they'd come out of something else entirely different. It's constantly evolving. And if, it's, if you get it out and you can start getting something down, then And it's there, then, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's, it's interesting where these kind of, I guess, behavior patterns pick up as well. Like, I, I know a lot of that、um, kind of behavior we got taught in school. You know, it was one of those, very much one of those things of if you're going to show something to the public, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be, you know, you, it's got to be framed. It's got to be perfectly, you know, produced. It's got to be your best work. Only show your best work. And over time, I just gradually wore that down. I was like, no, I'm. I'm just going to show everyone everything because, yeah, how do you develop if you don't show everyone everything? Well, so, how do you learn? How do you get the feedback、yeah. you need to,、um, yeah, to grow yourself, really? Do, 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 how do you practice with, with your kind of stuff? I mean, I know you've written for magazines and stuff.、Um, how do I practice?、Oh. I, I just do it, if I'm honest with you. I just, I, well, my wife is amazing. Like, she's a、um, massive supporter and、mm. she's a big fan as well. So,、uh, and all the same stuff we enjoy. I, I, I effectively marry my best friend. So, yeah, we're on the same page. And I suppose that's a lot of it. Like the amount of times I will drag her away from what she's doing. Like, Just come and read this bit. Is this bit all right? Hey, she's brilliant. She'll either give feedback, tell me, she'll tell me outright if it's rubbish, or tell me if it's good. See, that's now, useful.、Like、yes,、that. definitely. And then, like, back to the worrying about your content, like, is it too much? Is it? You know, too violent or whatever. The times that I've sat there and I've, you know, I'm on, on the back button, I'm like, Joe, let's get rid of this. She'll come through, like, hey, it's the one about, it's fine. Really? You think it's okay? <laughs> <laughs> you do know your parents are going to read this. <laughs>、hmm. That's interesting, though, because I, I,、um, I interviewed a couple of fine artists who, who are in the US and they were saying, Because they work as a duet, they were basically saying that they egg each other on to go further. You know, they like they show someone something and they say to it, s like, oh, is this, you know, is this too much? And they're like, nah, 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 we can go bigger with this. Like, we can go louder, like more abstract.、Uh, so, having a partner there is, I, I think, 
it's important to have even whether it's a creative partner or kind of like someone someone you're in a relationship with i think it's it's, it's definitely worth having someone to bounce ideas off yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and it's not just not just Lauren that like, does that. So I've got a great friend, Joe, who he lives in Bristol, used to live around here as well. Um, Joe's Joe's writing is another level. Like, uh, unfortunately, he's, again, he's one of these. He's got the idea. He's got it there. And it'll be ready one day. It'll be ready one day. Just, just get it out there. Just even submit one of your poems or something like that. Yeah. But he's ready and got everything ready to go. He won't do it. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't need to go to university and do my A-levels because I've got Joe. <laughs> so he's my editor. And uh, yeah, But he's so much more than that, you know. It's like creative mind is just, yeah, we're, we're, we're switched on together. But at the same time, he's still very good at sort of putting me up on things and say, you know, maybe this needs to be different. Or, or other times that he'll sort of phone me up and he's had a drink. And he's like, this is just too much for me, man. It's just too dark. And then he'll phone me up, up another couple of days and just be like, so it's brilliant, man. I've had a think about it. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, great, cool. We'll go with that. But yeah, yeah, you, I, yeah, I wouldn't be anything without them. I think if I was just in a room on my own just writing stuff, it would be nowhere near as good if I didn't have them to help us. Do you find it, it, it's kind of, I don't, know, I don't know, I guess, do you find it surprising how open people are to kind of providing feedback and you know, reading something for you? Uh, yeah, I do, because at first um, it was hard. I was trying to get some people to read it, and it was a lot shorter. It was very much smaller. Mm. Um, I think probably probably at the most, maybe 60, 70 pages. And a couple of people didn't get through it that I really hoped they would read it. And um, that was quite disheartening. But I know what it's like trying to – all the time people sort of ask you to read the books and things like that. And it's – yeah, you've got your own life going, and you've got to get into it. You've got to do that. But when sort of some of your best mates are, it was kind of um, yeah, a bit discouraging. However, I found that I've got I found the right people that are always interested to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got sort of a good group of sort of five ten people that I know if I send it over to them, they'll read it and they'll give us honest feedback. Well, I don't think they give me honest feedback anyway. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not just lying like bald face. Just like I was going to tell them, it's really good. i think i think yeah locating an audience and locating the right the right critics is is the way i'd put it um i i I did i did a podcast a while back saying it's important to find a hostile audience every so often yes it's it's important to have your friends who will tell you it's good and you know they'll look after you and and support your ideas but every so often you got to throw it to the wrong audience and just say this is what i do yeah. yeah have at it <laughs> I, so I think I found that a little bit the other day um, I was out, I, I was absolutely nervous about doing anything like this but as locally there's um, there's a girl that puts on a like she's called it the soapbox event and she's done it for like music she's done it for spoken word poetry storytelling all that over the years and we played some gigs at some of the events she's put on and she just did a little one in town at the back of um, the pub the other day right I just looked at some farms that I looked. We we're going to go out with the kids. I just saw it on Facebook. I was like, I might do it. I might just have a go. Just go and read one of my short stories, see what it's like. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to say, like, yeah, there was a couple of people who really were supportive. I passed my book out to the table. There's not one person bought it. One guy I really liked his staff. I even said, just have it, mate. He's like, no, no, I don't want to have it. Thanks. <laughs> so I can't even give it away. 
But um, that was a good test because if I don't know those people and I did pick possibly one of the worst stories to do because I think if I count it, there's 20 C next Tuesdays in it. And uh, it was, yeah, yeah, when some of the people coming up after me and doing sort of love poems that sort of sometimes reference God. And I'm thinking, I think I dropped one. <laughs> but but it's good because, you know, it, it reminded me that I've been in this little honeymoon period of, with my work colleagues, being really supportive, your friends and the writing community. And sometimes it's good to just sort of, um, sort of crash back to earth a little bit and just be reminded that it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. No, but that's what makes it great. It's yeah, yeah, not for everyone. Yeah. How do How do you find performing like live? I mean, I always see writing as quite like an insular sitting at home with you and know, typing away. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. I was always also seeing it that way, but mm. I suppose because I've always played in bands, so I'm used to performing like that. There's a big difference between having other people on a stage of you and mm-hmm. that, yeah, even just having the guitar in front of you is sort of like something to hold on to but yeah a nice barrier but, between you and everyone else is just yeah. there yeah and and also as well because it's like lyrics even when you write your own songs like it doesn't matter if anyone knows what it's about it's fine they've got something to tap a knee to but yeah that was that felt naked that was like sort of dream when you when you're at school and you've got no trousers on and um, that is really bearing your heart when it's your when you're actually own writing. But yeah, everyone's in the same boat, so I think that's, that helped as well in some ways. Again, you just got to find the right people to be around. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You mentioned that. I just going back to kind of point. I mean, I mean, obviously, there's a level of swearing when it comes to violent things, and there's a level of um, humor to that. I think. I was just curious whether you view this kind of humor is a very British thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Because yeah. so. I, I was chatting to um, a, another comic career and we were saying that it's it seems very British to poke, to poke fun at things. Like, Americans do violence different compared to us. There's always, like, a level of slapstick when we do it. There is, yeah. I, I can't, I feel I can't get away from it because right. I first joined, like, Twitter and the community and literally just one person on their own like no no not even any of my friends go on twitter right I first created this account because a lovely guy john bowie fantastic author uh, who runs bristol noir i tried submitting my book to him and um, then he, he doesn't publish books he just does short stories and he's really lovely and he turned around and he said send a short story in and he asked my twitter feeds and everything like that to go in so i was like i better start an account and that's how it all sort of started, really. So then it's getting into the, the other sort of zines and submitting stories. And there's a couple of free that are really sort of more darker, like, it's a dark, I suppose, more more serious, I suppose, a bit more wordy. Um, but then what I just find is all the other stories, are short stories are right. And it's the same with the book. I can't help myself. I'm writing something very serious, very violent and dark. I just have to poke fun at it. I just have to. And I think you're very right. It's a British sense of humour. I've read some fantastic books from American writers that are in the same vein, same sort of genre as mine. But yeah, you won't, you know, and that's no no criticism because they are absolutely banging. Like, I, I read their books and think, why can't I write a book like that? Why can't I? I can't help it. I just get there. I'm like, I think this guy needs to do this. 
<laughs> they make a joke of it or something like that. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is about us. We 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 just kind of have this lack of. It's not even I, like someone would maybe describe it as lack of empathy to these situations, but we, we're all very aware of what we're doing. At the same time, we're just like I need to take the edge off. Yes, in a way, we're awkward, aren't we? I think yeah, Brits are awkward. I think like we, you know, sort of we sort of worry, we over worry, we sort of uh, you know we babble, and the way we sort of probably get out of awkward situations is try to make jokes of it, and make light of it, mm. and I certainly do, and then and then end up digging a further hole. But yeah, that is it's, it's what defines us. I think. It is. <laughs> And then we, you know, we, we we work through it, and we create books and films and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're dishonest with the world around us, but we create art. It's, it's maybe the way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We put ourselves through this to entertain the world. <laughs> I always find it interesting as well when you you do get something very British, like 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 say like with um, kind of Lockstock or Shade Meadows stuff of watching other com- countries comprehend it. You know, like you, you expose someone from you know Finland or France to our work, and they're like, mm, don't, "Don't quite know how to respond to this." Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think that's why some of our films don't don't do as well over yeah. overseas as they could do, especially uh, you know, Dead Man's Shoes. I mean, the, the comedy in that is just the right the right level. I mean, it's not a laugh out loud comedy, but the way some of those lines are delivered and stuff like uh, yeah by Paddy Constantine just just fantastic it's brilliant just so well done I think it sums up sums up that British sense of humour yeah I think Dead Man's Shoes as well is, is another kind of great example of not much really happens in that film it's completely character driven yeah throughout and I, I think you, you end up with stronger stories from doing that yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's another one he did. Um, Once upon a time in the Midlands, yeah. in that one, and again, that's not there's not much. It's, it's basically the plot is you could have taken it from Neighbours or Brookside. Yeah, no, not Brookside. When that that's gone on the wrong way. I watched the show, um, but yeah, that's that's the thing. The, the storyline wasn't terrific, but yeah, the the characters the the way it was delivered was just yeah really compelling. Yeah, do you do you start with the the story or the characters? Then I guess is is a good question for you. Um, I have to have an idea of a story, but a character is very. I think I, I probably do too. I need a story, but I need to see it through the eyes of the character. Mm. And uh, usually it is a sort of quite despicable, probably slightly perverted kind of character, or somebody that's maybe. He's got a position of power and abuses it quite a bit, you know, and and then that therefore is how the story sort of entails comes out of that, really. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. important to to know we're not writing redemption songs for these for these characters. You know, we're not trying to make them nice people. <laughs> yes, this, this is it. Well, the uh, newest one I've written, which is a million miles away from publishing at the moment, but I, I just thought I see it at work. I don't care. I can talk about this when he's not there anymore. But I was in the stores, and obviously we've got like the tradesmen there, we've got the traffic wardens there, you've got parks there, binmen there, whatever. And this was, I was going a couple of years back, and this guy comes in, and he's like the head traffic warden of all of them, and he literally comes into the, I know we were outside the front gate, so I'm having a bait, 
he comes up and that's fact. And I know who he was, and I've heard him talk in stores before, and he's a very arrogant guy, mate. And he turns around and he goes, I'm on the phone, I'm like this, I'm like, please don't talk to me. <laughs> so he goes, Well, right, mate, hello, mate, you right? What do you do then? Work, um, plumbing, mate, work for building. He's all right. That's my phone, like, please, I know where this is going. I'll work for parking. So I'll do you, mate, because I couldn't tell with the whole Robocop thing going on or anything like that. And then he just stands there staring at me. I know what's coming. He he wants me to ask him if I enjoy it. So I was like, do you enjoy it, mate? And uh, I won't frame my language, but he was effing love it, mate. That's the only thing I don't like about it, right? Because Saturdays, I'm into town. I walk down as a road called Fonnery Road, just full of cars and parking there, parking bays. There's never enough. And he comes down. He's going, I walk down there. I walk with my kids and I think, could have had that one, could have had that one. Could... And he didn't say one. One wasn't the choice of word he used. Right. Yeah. And that that was in my head. Like, that was well, something there. He sowed a seed. And then there's another couple of incidents of him and another couple of traffic wardens in stores. And I just knew I had to write a book about the traffic warden. And it wasn't going to be nice. And uh, he's now a feeder. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he's probably he's probably worse than parochial pigs, to be honest. Like, it's very gritty, but he inspired it. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never thank him, but yeah, at least he did that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, there's there's a level of catharsis when you you get to put someone who you just instantly dislike into something, because yeah. especially when you know something bad will happen to them. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the amount of characters you sit there and write, and you think, yeah, you know what? This this is this person, but also it's not going to end well. This, yeah, uh, that's, that's all we're really trying to do. We're just trying to get back at our bullies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, honestly, it didn't work out well for him in my world. But um, yeah, it was actually quite to a point where you did kind of feel sorry for him. But yeah, yeah. At least he, he's not doing it anymore, so the world is free of him. The actual real man, he moved on to do something else. So obviously, he didn't love it that much, did he? No, be replaced by someone else who wants to be yeah. a traffic warden for no reason. No. <laughs> As a disclaimer, there is probably some lovely traffic wardens out there. I just haven't met them yet. Yes, very much along those lines of yeah. There, there, there must be a good one somewhere. I just don't know who they are. Come forward. Yes, please come forward. Please get in contact with the podcast. <laughs> we, podcast. Will, <laughs> we will shout about parking for an hour. I will happily sit and try to talk about parking for an hour. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Now, so, I mean, you, you mentioned you got projects up and coming. Yeah, yeah. I've got the second book, um, Parochial Pigs, is part of a... It wasn't planned that way. It's going to be part of a three-book trilogy. So the second book's already written. And uh, third one I've sort of began work on. And then I've, the other one, it was just this, that traffic warden thing. I, I could bore you for another half an hour with stories about the traffic wardens that come in and the stuff they've said. But it just became too much. I think they filled a bottle that just overflowed and it was like, right, I need to put everything aside and I need to start doing this because the level of hate had reached a point of inspiration that had to be done. So, but yeah, that's it at the moment. Right? And that's a lot, <laughs> to be honest. There's a lot of editing that happened yet. Yeah, I mean that's that's my. I always think editing is my least favorite favorite part of the process. Um, there is and isn't like because right. my friend Joe, 
who I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny enough, he's back from Bristol this week and he's come around tomorrow with the edited copy of the second book. And um, I wonder if I can put copy this is. I'll put out the one that has the one. And um, it just fall for the camera. No doubt. <laughs> It's just like full and full of edits everywhere, like across it. And that's that's the lovely thing he'll do for us. He just goes through the whole thing. I'm just again not showing it to the camera. Um, he'll come back with the second book like that. Mm. And when he gave us over them, he did that about three times with that one. And it was having something to do. So I've knocked my camera, am I? <laughs> yeah, it was some, having something to do to focus on, like, because um, I couldn't. I didn't want to start anything else at the time. Right. So I had them and I'd just come back and sort of see you know, why it's very good, seeing the kids weren't in bed, so let us sit there at the computer. And I loved it because it felt like you had a beginning and an end to get to. Mm-hmm. You'd done the hard bit of writing the story and getting that right. Now it was just putting it right in a sense. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm weird. I know a lot of people don't like the uh, editing, but there's something about it. Maybe it's because it's becoming final. You know, you're nearly there. Possibly. Yeah, which maybe, I guess maybe takes us back to that whole idea of not really wanting to let go of of what you what you're kind of doing, or you know, wanting to add extra things to down the line, or you know, yeah, kind of slip this story in the side here. Can I can I introduce this character which I had an idea for, or should I should I save them for another book? Yeah, there's an element of that, but then I think I'm quite lazy. So it's lucky that I've got a Lauren and a Joe because uh, Joe will be the one that's like, uh, yeah, man, I think you need to like take this chapter and put it at the beginning and then put this one here and do that. And I'm like, oh, man, that's a lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> Is it not all right? But, yeah, as we were saying earlier, you need people like this. Pushes you, pushes you to that next level, I think. You do. And you, you, need, to, you need to do the draft. You go, you've got to do a draft and you've got to start somewhere, I think. Yeah, yeah that's right. Which I think is a good point to round this out on, really. Nice one. Nice. Well, thank you for coming along. Ah, we made it to the end. Oh, we made it. <laughs> that was perfect timing. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for having us on. It's been lovely to chat with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will happily have you back on yeah, another time. Chat, chat about some other bits as well as when you when your new books and stuff come out. Brilliant. You thank know, you. when you eventually get around to writing your film and yeah. all the other bits and things like that. No, in that case, we'll we'll leave it there. Thanks very much, James. Brilliant. Cheers, Graham. Take care. Thank you. Bye.